All right, so joining us here on the Midwest Swing Podcast, very excited for this week's episode. So if you didn't get the chance to check out last week, we started our 2023 season previews in the Midwest League. We were joined by the 2022 Midwest League champion, South Bend Cubs. Preview their season now. It's time to go to Fort Wayne, Indiana and talk with the Fort Wayne 10 Caps. I couldn't start with anyone better than the one and only team president, Mr. Mike Nutter, joining us on the podcast. Mike, pleasure to be with you and have you on the show. Awesome, my friend. I'm so excited about being here with you today. (laughs) I have watched you and followed your career and proud of you and everything you got going on. Thank you. And I sure love this Midwest swing and the new opportunity for people to hear and learn about everything that is Midwest League baseball related. Some great teams in this league, Mm -hmm. some awesome prospects. You started with the champs and our our friends in the Hoosier State Mm -hmm. up there in South Bend that they do an awesome job up there. And so, uh, Baseball is alive and well in the Hoosier State, and especially in the Midwest League. That's right. I'm very excited as well as there's obviously a lot of rich history in the Midwest League. So we'll get to covering some of that as well. I got a lot of history that I'll be recapping. But, of course, we're covering what's going on today. Baseball is better than it's ever been, I think. I mean, the way baseball is going right now, the talent is as better as it's ever been. I think every ball player that steps on foot on that field is a legit potential MLB player and especially when it comes to the Midwest League so much talent all across the board that's why it makes it so tough to compete because teams everybody's getting better everybody's improving so and I got to talk with the four-way and 10 caps right now so obviously before we even get to this year's team I kind of want to recap because it's been a couple of years since I've seen you I guess it's been I've been in and out of the stadium in Fort Wayne at Parkview Field and it's been hard to catch up with you, but I guess since I left in late 2020, how have things been going in Fort Wayne with the tin caps? You know, really good. Obviously, our whole industry had the challenge that was 2020. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. And, you know, the whole country dealt with it, the whole world, really. And so uh, uh, when we came back in 21, since, you know, uh, we were last with you, you know, we were limited, but man, we were just so excited to get going. Mm-hmm. And we came back and we had an okay team on the field in 2021. It was a chance to get people back in this award-winning ballpark and all the other ballparks across the league and and really felt good about it. And then uh, 2022, on the field, unfortunately for us, it was was, uh, not very good. In fact, it was the least amount of wins we'd ever had. Um, But it it, it started to feel more normal again. And then D.C., about first week or so of August of 2022 – as a staff, I mean, not to be like cliche or dramatic, but mm-hmm. man, it felt normal again. The the lines were long. Yeah. The uh, you know the people to buy tickets to come in were great. We felt like man, mid early to mid August of twenty two through the end of this season of twenty two through mid September, it felt normal again. Mm. Again, we're not pretending like the pandemic didn't happen or any of that kind of stuff. It impacted all of us, but it's like, Hey, uh, you know, people still want to get out. I think, Oh, let me talk about one other thing real quick. You know, and then the labor stuff has been huge since the pandemic year. We never struggled to get the labor help we needed in Fort Wayne, Indiana prior to the pandemic high school, college age, retirees, you name it. We've hired everybody and anybody, all races and, and, and ages and demographics. And that makes the ballpark so great for fans and people. And 
Um, that was a, an extreme challenge in 2021. We were caught off guard. We were not prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Don't blame anybody but ourselves. And then 2022, we were in a lot better shape. We increased rates across the board. We joked that kids used to think this was a lot more cool than working at, <laughs> say, another place. Well, if that other place was paying double what we were paying in 2021, <laughs> forget cool. That kid needs money in his pocket in, or her pocket. Mm-hmm. And so really good stuff. And then I think you said it in the intro, baseball is in a great place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we in the minor leagues and the Midwest League specifically got to see the pitch clock, the bigger bases, mm-hmm. the nose shift, you know, before it burst onto the national scene, so to speak, with MLB this year. And I sat back and watched in the off season, um, you know, not to call anybody out, but, mm-hmm. you know, the keyboard warriors saying the game's ruined, this <laughs> is ruined. The game's not ruined. Right. Our game is as great as it's ever been, but they're taking all that dead time and just condensing it where the same action and even more big leagues without without the shift, it it, it is just tremendous to be a part of. We we absolutely love it. Um, you know, here in the Midwest League to start, it's been some of the best weather we've ever had in this league over the first week or two. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things to be excited about right now. There's no question about it. Absolutely. And I seen you tweet this a couple of days ago, Mike. I mean this is your, what, 32nd year in minor league baseball? Yeah, that, you don't have to bring up that I'm an old man. Now. Man. I've always been friends. Oh, so, oh, embrace yeah. that. That's huge. I mean, that's obviously, that means you're doing something right, 32 years. <laughs> yeah, that or I've been fooling people for a long time. <laughs> no, in all seriousness. Man, it's been awesome. I grew up in a great sports family in Ohio, and then we moved out to California. Yeah. And sports families, spring break for us was going to watch spring training. My brother was a two-sport athlete in college, way more athletic and physically gifted than me. <laughs> and uh, I remember my mom telling me at one point, you know, you can have a career in this without being on the court or the field or being the one that people are cheering for. Yeah. And so yeah. one of the stops for my dad, you know, before sport management was so huge, um, was in the Chicago suburbs, and I went to work for the Kane County Cougars. And, man, I just got bit by the minor league baseball bug back there in the early 90s and have been blessed and fortunate to work for and with so many great people. Mm -hmm. Um, And the the game's in a great spot. Promotionally, we're in a great spot. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to overlook Mm player-wise. We're in a great spot. We've got a nice young roster here. Been a struggle to start the year, but we're only a handful of games in. Right. But what I'm seeing more of over the last couple of years, which is very, very encouraging to me, is we have more African-American black players choosing our game. Mm-hmm. Baseball is such a great game. There's no bigger fan of college football than me. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of basketball. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not downgrading any other sports, but I love this game that I've spent my career in. And we're starting to see more and more of the premier athletes pick this game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a handful of years ago, you could see a minor league game. And, yeah, a lot of Dominican players, a lot of Latin American players, not minimizing them at all. But the American-born players of color were 
and some games almost non-existent. And so it's mm-hmm. neat for me to walk down to that clubhouse and see all these countries represented, but even with the, within the United States, mm-hmm. so many more players of color in addition to the other guys. It, it, it's neat. I think it's encouraging when fans come out to the ballparks and the teams, and really we could talk about it, the front offices probably more than ever mm-hmm. look like the market and the people at the games and not just, you know, to be to be blunt, I've been in this game a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started, it was mostly just Caucasian males in the front office. Yeah. And that's just not the case anymore. And that's a great thing because these communities that we're in have so many different aspects. And then if we can reflect that, mm-hmm. I think it bodes well. And I don't mean that as a cheap way to, you know, sell tickets or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean it as hey, this is great when the community and the teams line up. That's right. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, we go back. I mean, just go back, and they talked about it a lot at the 2022 MLB draft about all the guys at the top, you know, Andrew Jones, Tamar Johnson, and Elijah Green. You got all these, you know, African-American players at the top of the draft board, and they're talking about it. Harold Reynolds and them, the MLB guys were like, man, this is this is huge for the game. So you nailed it. It's it's so huge for the game. And so, you know, if they're really at that elite level, obviously those three guys you got, you named are, are <laughs> incredible. And some of their dads are <laughs> incredible and stuff. And listen, I understand, especially in the urban setting, you know, the, the, the baseball field and at times it might not have seemed cool. And at times the game could be viewed as long and boring by some mm-hmm. they're changing that stuff with the pitch clock. And as we continue to get more and more, of the Elijah Greens, the Drew Jones, mm-hmm. C.J. Abrams is one that comes to mind that was a tin cap a yeah. couple years ago that's playing every day with the Washington Nationals at shortstop. Yeah. You know, way back in the day, not that far. I don't want to date my old buddy Malik Smith, <laughs> but I remember talking to him, and I said, Malik's man, give me the – I can read stuff in a media guide, but you know, I want to learn about you. What makes you tick? <laughs> and he said, you know, Mr. Nunner, I had offers to go play football, and I think his dad played either in the NFL or major big-time SEC football. And and he said, I, I just always love baseball. And he said, I was attracted to it with my athleticism. And in the reality, you know, you don't like to talk about money or other people's money, but mm-hmm. for the, the guys that we mentioned before, if you're of that, you know, of that caliber, you can make a lot of money and sooner than some of the other sports. And so it's really, really been neat to see the team rosters change, front offices change. It's really cool. Yeah, so before we even talk about the players that are you have on the field this year in 2023, I kind of want to talk about the promotion side of things and, you know, talk about Parkview Field and exciting things that are going to be happening in Fort Wayne. So kind of <laughs> – Kind of catch me up on some of the promotions you guys got going and anything at Parkview Field that you guys got happening. Yeah, so no doubt. So we do a lot of weekly promotions, Tuesdays, a concession night. We love Major League Baseball's new format for schedules for the minor leagues with six-game series. Mm. So Tuesday we start each series with a really cool promotion for cheaper food and drinks. Wednesday, for the last couple of years, we've been doing what we call a pause and clause, bring out your pet and get a discounted white cloth if you're into that on the first Wednesday of the year on uh, April 12th of this year. I think we had 89 dogs out here walking around on leashes during the game. People love their pets. 
you know, I worked for some teams in the past. We couldn't draw 89 fans to a game. And so, uh, you know, that's cool. Thirsty Thursday is a big deal around here as it is mm-hmm. in South Bend and some other places. Mm-hmm. You know, on Fridays, it's a lot of theme nights. Later in the summer, it'll be fireworks nights. Saturday is fireworks nights here, you know, once we start in May. And then Sunday, we're really happy to bring back post-game autographs because after COVID in 21 or 22, we weren't able to do them. And I think one of the appeals of minor league baseball is the fans can come out here and kids can come out here and get an autograph and meet a player and feel like they kind of knew them before, you know, they got big time, like that kind of stuff. And so we're bringing post-game autographs back on Sundays this year. And then like a lot of the other teams that you'll talk to, the promo schedule itself for the big theme nights, it's loaded. It's it's the tried and true around the minor leagues with the with the Star Wars nights and Princess nights and Marvel nights and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year we brought out uh, Stanley Hudson from The Office, so we're bringing <laughs> out another Office character this year for nice. the TV sitcom night. A throwback for the second year in a row to the Fort Wayne Daisies, the ladies that played this great game when a lot of the men were off at war. That was extremely well-received this year. Our second year for mental health awareness. You know, it's we're trying to break that stigma. Mental health has impacted my family greatly. Mm-hmm. My daughter suffers from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been very open in our journey because maybe we can help other people. And, and, and we want to strike out the stigma. Uh, that's the, the, the term we came up with last year of, you know, hey, we're all going through stuff, especially post-pandemic. And, right. and Parkview Field, the Tin Caps game, is a safe place to to come out. And so, uh, you know, come on out here and we'll we'll do that. And then there's always cool stuff. A 90s night in, in July 21st this year where we're going to wear the throwbacks and be the Fort Wayne Wizards that night. Nice. We talked about that. And uh, <laughs> then, you know, the, the Copa Nights where we'll play as the Mandana Luchadoras like we did last year, mm-hmm. you know, the Wrestling Apples. And then the, the funny one this year is in the first few days of August, we're going to play a handful of games as the Hoosier State Tenderloins. And we like <laughs> to laugh and joke around. And minor league baseball, I think, is so great because of the, the pop culture stuff. You know, yep. we don't really do the really, really edgy stuff here <laughs> because we just feel like that's not what our – fans and families here want Mm -hmm. at the same time um you know we like poking fun at stuff without you know being disrespectful and so the politicians were talking about should it be the official state sandwich and all that kind of stuff (laughs) and so we took it as an opportunity of hey whatever they decide or decided we're going to play a few games and and people understood on facebook a lot more than when we announced our team originally and it was so negative you know, this was almost all positive and people could tell we were just trying to be silly and, yeah. and take, you know, not take ourselves so seriously <laughs> because life is so serious. And all the comments were pretty good other than the one guy on Facebook that said, I wish Nutter and his team would focus on winning a championship instead of some other silly name to play as a few games. And that made me laugh too, because <laughs> we always tell our fans, we've had an incredible amount of major league players come through here but our partners, the San Diego Padres, are in charge of who comes and goes and the on-field product, and, and we're in charge of the ballpark and the environment and the promotions and stuff like that. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's always good, there's always got to be one person, right? There's there's got to be one oh, in the yeah, crowd. Oh yeah, I mean, I laughed. I, I took it as like, hey, you know what? <laughs> I can take it. You know, I'd love to have one yeah. more championship than I currently have as well. Right? So, who wouldn't? You know, who knows? So something else I wanted to talk to you about is I know you know you guys are always looking to change and upgrade the ballpark in the field. Um, and I, I think I, I think I heard through the grapevine that you guys are working on a little something at Parkview Field. Yeah, no question about it. You know, D.C., the way Major League Baseball has taken over the oversight of management, however you want to word it, of minor league baseball the last couple of years and yeah. for the future. Um, they've got some new facility standards, and one of which is the playing surface for injury prevention and things like that. So on October 2nd, you know, way into the fall of this year, Hopefully after we make a playoff run and we do our Fort for Fitness marathon out here, mm-hmm. we're going to rip the field out. It's an over a million-dollar project. We're wow. going to go down 16 or 18 inches, uh, you know, into the pull out all the grass and all the dirt and the drainage and irrigation and really, really make some improvements out here, not only for player safety, but also just long-term. That'll set this venue up for the next 10, 15, 20 years. And then either this off season or potentially the next off season, we will do a lighting package. I know you talked to the guys from South Bend last week. Mm-hmm. They've already done it, but where we'll bring in a full LED lighting package. Yeah. That's part of the new requirements. And it's, it's really cool because that's not just lighting. I mean, that becomes a part of the game and the atmosphere mm-hmm. because you see some of those teams, Mississippi State and some of those big teams down in the SEC – a guy goes deep for a home run and they're killing the lights and doing a light show. Like it's really wild. I was watching a Atlanta Braves game earlier this year against our affiliate, the San Diego Padres. And when they bring in a visiting arm out of the bullpen, they cut the lights and it's 40,000 people doing the tomahawk chop. And it's, <laughs> it's a really neat thing, like for atmosphere at the game and stuff. And people don't ever think of lights as that, but I think as they see the technology and the stuff that's coming on, it's big. And that's what exactly what we want to do is be a part of that cutting edge stuff and never just sit back and think, well, it's good enough. You know, we're fine. It's like, no, we've always got to push the envelope, tons of new food options this year, all kinds of stuff to be excited about. It sounds exciting. I mean, I still make trips back to Fort Wayne pretty often, so I look forward. No doubt. You are always welcome here. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'll definitely be there at some point this year. I mean, probably a lot of times throughout this season. But I know we got John Nolan. We got John Nolan. I know I'll focus a little bit more on the player personnel aspect with him. But I did want to ask you as well, you know, the product on the field this year, how you feeling about it? Who's some of the top guys? You know what? We were really excited when the roster came out. You know, the first week has been – has been tough. So we, we started the year, you know, 0 for 3 up in West Michigan and then came home and dropped the first couple, a few. And um, But we, we love being with the Padres, uh, the top 30 prospects on MLB.com. They sent 11 of their top 30 here. I think that's the most in this league. We know it doesn't always translate to wins right away. We have their number one prospect in Jackson Merrill. He's a top 20 prospect in all of Major League Baseball for any kid at any position. Mm-hmm. We're so excited to watch him. You know, he uh, number one pick out of Maryland High School, 27th overall pick. First 85 games of his minor league career before coming here. He's hit 320, nice. 470 slugging. 
He spent a ton of time this year in big league camp with so many of the guys going off to the World Baseball Classic. Uh, Jackson was in big league camp prior to ever spending a day in high A. And so we're excited. Our manager is a guy named Johnny Matthews that it's not going to resonate with the fans, but mm-hmm. he does have Midwest League connections. He used to be a coach at South Bend. Yep. He used to be the hitting coach at the Kane County Cougars, a former member of the league. He's one of us. He's a Midwest guy from the state of Iowa that we love and we love working with. Mm-hmm. So although it started a little slower than anybody would like, uh, we love our partnership with the Padres. We've helped those guys develop Fernando Tatis and Trey Turner and Bobby Hassel last year and so many of their huge prospects over the years. Some are playing in San Diego. In some cases, they've used them to trade them to get Juan Soto and Josh Hader and some of the other guys. So really, really all good. Yeah, I mean, and obviously if anyone's following Major League Baseball, you guys still got a talented team considering the fact that the Padres traded like the whole farm system in order to to win right now. A good – a, a great story for your listeners. You know, <laughs> we're going around last year on the trade deadline day. You know, the Padres are always very active. AJ Prellers helped build. Well, he has built mm-hmm. one of the, you know, you'd say top five or whatever the number is favorites to mm-hmm. challenge for a world series this year at the big league level. Mm-hmm. But DC man, there were guys last year at that trade deadline, not wanting to check their phone. <laughs> so we had a big prospect, Robert Gasser that we loved. They got traded the day before for Josh Hader. Again, you're talking about the top closer in the game or one of the top two or three closers in the game. So you're able to get him. you got to give up talent. In that case, it was our ace pitcher. He went from high A last year for his first year with us all the way up to triple A with the Brewers by the time the season ended. So he's a future MLB star. Mm-hmm. And then you do that Soto deal, and it was like, wow, you know, Bobby Hassel, the people listening to your podcast will know him. He's a huge prospect in baseball. He was our superstar last year. And then right, like, minutes before the deadline, they traded uh, Eric Hosmer to the Red Sox at the time. And they gave up our two starting outfielders for them to take on the Hosmer contract. Literally in the span of 20 minutes, our three starting outfielders were traded. Again, it's no complaining. It's just some of the, right. you know, the fans listening to your show are great. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the human element is real. So you Absolutely. got some guys that are thinking this is awesome. You know, I don't want to leave the Padres, but obviously somebody else wanted me and I got traded for a superstar. Yep. You know, for other people, it might be, man, I got traded again. Does that mean people don't want me? No, it means somebody really wants you. Right. And they gave up something to get you. But I thought for a little while, I don't think I could. Well, I know for a fact if I stood in the batter's box of a pro game, I could not. De- I definitely couldn't make contact with the pitcher. <laughs> um, but I, we were looking around a little bit. I thought I might have to call my son and say, we need an outfielder for the next game tonight. Are you available? But that's just one of those things. And so to still have a great major league team and the Padres are starting to rebuild the system, um, it's, it's going to be a fun year of baseball in the Summit City, no doubt about it. Absolutely, and we'll be covering it all season long, Mike. I'm sure this is definitely not the first time you will be a guest on here. Really appreciate it. We got John Nolan on the deck, and he's going to be talk, digging deep into the players. But Mike Nutter, team president of the Fort Wayne Ten Caps, joining us. Mike, you, Mike, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it, as always. Absolutely, my man. I'm so proud of you, and this is just another great forum for you to showcase your talents, what you do for 
this game is appreciated by all of us, general managers and team presidents. Keep up the great work. All right, so joining us here on the Midwest Swing Podcast, we are still continuing our preview of the 2023 season. And today we are joined by the Fort Wayne Sin Caps. And I just got done talking to Mike Nutter. Now it's time to focus on the player aspect a little bit, the player personnel. And I'm joined by the busiest man in America, the broadcasting <laughs> protege, the one and only Mr. John Nolan. John, thank you for coming on. <laughs> Thanks a lot, DC. I'm not so <laughs> sure about that introduction, but. Yeah, to your point, I mean, the way uh, minor league baseball works here, it's sort of like we start off our season with WrestleMania in terms of like the <laughs> biggest events of the year being our home opener at Parkview Field. And got lucky this year with uh, 70 degree and sunny weather. Uh, mm-hmm. Biggest crowd we had on an opening day at Parkview Field nice. in uh, six years. So uh, awesome start to this season uh, from that standpoint. But uh, yeah, certainly a, a lot happening here to uh, to launch it. Yeah, so full disclosure, it's been – so I was in and out of the field at Parkview Field last year. Um, I made appearances here and there. I think I went to like four games, five games maybe, um, and I was trying to keep my eye on the team. And I I know it was a struggling year. I mean, the as we know, I just got done talking to Mike, and we talked a lot about how the Padres at the trade deadline last year traded like half the team. So, like, you know, you're <laughs> – there's a lot of change going on with the tin caps right now. And so last year, I guess we'll we'll talk a little bit about that before we focus on this year's team, but just kind of recap, you know, the 2022 season that way I can catch up as well with the four way and tin caps. Yeah. And so the, the nature of minor league baseball, especially here at the, the lower levels at high A mm-hmm. is that, um, yeah, to focus on player development and not just player development, but a great example from last year would be staff development too. And so our manager from last year, Brian Esposito, mm-hmm. he got a call up to join the, the Padres big league staff now this year as the team's catching coach. And uh, you know, he had a lot to, to juggle last year. You touched on it, mm-hmm. doing parts of the transactions the Padres were making. We had a record number of players <laughs> used uh, over the course of the season, more than 60 guys that wow. did include Robert Hassel, uh, top prospect uh, in the outfield. He was one of those guys who was traded at the deadline to the Nationals, part of the package to get back Juan Soto. But Hassel, during his time with the Tin Caps, uh, he shined, steadily hit 300, mm-hmm. uh, wound up representing Fort Wayne at the MLB Futures game out in Los Angeles last year. So he was probably the top guy uh, to watch on the field. And then, you know, otherwise, even though the, the team, from a record standpoint, didn't impress uh, plenty of talent that, that rolled through over the course of the season, uh, including left-hander Jackson Wolf, a starting pitcher who uh, wound up pretty high up there in the league rankings for strikeouts and is off to a good start now with Double uh, A San Antonio this year. So, um, you know, last year in terms of uh, on the field, yeah, not a winning season for uh, the Tin Caps, but mm-hmm. now coming into the segue here to 2023 DC, I think mm-hmm. even if you, you look at the MLB pipeline, Farm system rankings and the Padres are in that bottom third, but I think people um, around the San Diego organization feel like their farm system all of a sudden at this point is actually underrated. And part of the reason maybe that the uh, those rankings have them in the, the 20s and not in the top five like they had been for a while is because, yeah, they've, they've traded away so many prospects. And especially mm-hmm. at this point, they do not have – Many prospects in AAA or even AA who are really knocking on the door to be difference makers, but mm-hmm. they, they really think there's a, a lot of strength here at the, uh, the lower levels of the system, and, and that includes here in Fort Wayne, especially to start the year. 
Yeah, one thing I'm really glad that you mentioned is one of the main focuses and people need to remember this in high A is player development. And that's one thing that I've been looking at. And obviously that it's a big testament of why the guys got traded last year at the trade deadline. That means things are working and the players are getting better. And that's why they're getting traded for these star these star baseball players. So also looking at looking ahead to this year. So uh kind of recap me on some guys to watch this year. I know Jackson Merrow is the big the the talk of town. He's the big prospect that everyone's talking about. But talk to me about a couple of guys. I know it's early, but who are some guys to be watching early on? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jackson Merrill stands out, 19-year-old shortstop who is regarded as probably the top prospect, not just on the Tincaps roster, but for any of the 12 teams in the Midwest League here to begin this year. And, you know, on the mound, opening day starter for the Tincaps was a 21-year-old righty from Venezuela named Jairo Iriarte. As we talk right now, getting ready to see him make his home Parkview field debut tonight. But, uh, you know, MLB.com, currently has him slotted as the number 11 uh, Padres prospect, you know, for, you know, those rankings are a good guide to give you an idea of who's on the, on the, on the rise. But I think some people feel like he might be one of those individuals who's underrated right now, had an outstanding spring training fastball in the, the mid nineties can can hump it up into the high nineties at times and a really good slider too. Um, and then, yeah, also in the starting rotation here for the Tim Caps, Got Adam Major, who last year was the Big Ten Pitcher of the Year at Iowa. Mm-hmm. Padres drafted him in the second round last year. And after he was drafted, he actually did not uh, appear uh, in any game action after logging a lot of innings there with the Hawkeyes. But uh, he was really impressive, three scoreless innings in his debut as he starts to uh, to ramp things up now for this year. A guy who, again, can throw in the mid to high 90s. And uh, on top of that, Victor Lizarraga, he's the youngest player on this Tincaps team at just 19 years old. Grew up uh, in the San Diego area and right across the border in Tijuana. Um, He had a fantastic year last year at the single-A level with the Lake Elsinore Storm when had he wound up going to – he did go to high school in San Diego during the pandemic, wound up transitioning back to Mexico, signing as an international free agent. But had he stayed in San Diego, he still would have been a high school last year. And <laughs> instead, he wound up achieving a lot of success, impressing there with the storm. And so, yeah, he's in the, the starting rotation here. Um, and, yeah, you go off that MLB.com pipeline list of the top 30 prospects in the San Diego organization, 11 of them are here in Fort Wayne. So, I think – of any of the uh, the stops on the Padres minor league ladder, this uh, tin caps roster is actually really the most uh, prospect heavy. I'm sure you're the one with the pronunciations because, um, mm-hmm. but I, I think it was Jacob Marcy that I think it was hitting leadoff. Mm-hmm. Does he does he hit leadoff for the tin caps? Yeah, so Marcy, you're right. Grew up in the Detroit area, went to Central Michigan University. He yeah. was drafted by the Padres last year in the sixth round, and he has been the leadoff guy and the center fielder for the tin caps here. From the get-go this year, and he's gotten off to a phenomenal start yeah. in this first week, uh, getting on base basically every other time up and towards the top of the Midwest League. In that department, as you'd imagine, as a center fielder, great speed. He's got multiple stolen uh, bases already. He's made some great catches in mm-hmm. the outfield. And so, uh, yeah, of note, Baseball America has regarded him as the top defensive outfielder mm-hmm. in the Padres' farm system. And uh, along with that, he's considered to have the best strike zone discipline. So, um, yeah, he's 
you know, back uh, back in the Midwest here and uh, off to a, a stellar start. Yeah, I remember because I was watching some of the game because now, luckily, with our MLB subscriptions, we can watch minor league games on there as well. So I remember watching some of the game, uh, I think it was Tuesday um, against Lake County, where he had the leadoff. Um, he was hitting leadoff and got the look good at the plate, had a hit in the game. Um, he's been pr- pretty solid as a leadoff hitter. So he was another name I wanted to mention. And I remember seeing him in college last year. I knew it was uh, Central Michigan where where we I seen him playing at. So was was excited to mention him yeah. on the podcast. Give give him a little love since you know a, a lot of the guys that are you know a lot of guys get kind of overlooked when you in terms of you know big time prospects. Yeah, and he was part of uh, some successful teams there in the MAC at CMU, mm-hmm. uh, making the NCAA tournament and winning a, a MAC regular season championship as well. And then last year was one of the the key pieces for that single-A Lake Elsinore Storm team that had a fantastic year and wound up winning the California League. So that's one of the storylines here for the Tin Caps, the core part of this group in 2023. They uh, they had great chemistry, enjoyed a, a lot of wins last year, and yeah. hoping to have that translate now this season. Yeah, and obviously we're not looking at the record. I mean, it's early. It's obviously not the start the Tin Caps wanted, but I'm sure there's some things, John, that you've seen early on that you do like in this 2023 team so far, right? Yeah, the, the pitching has really uh, been, been steady. Like you said, the, the wins um, right out of the gates haven't been there, but it's been no fault of uh, the pitching staff. I already mentioned uh, a few of the guys in the starting rotation. And you know, this, this time of the year, uh, starters are only going a limited number of innings. And right now the Padres have assigned the maximum of 30 players on this Fort Wayne roster, and that includes 17 pitchers. So part of it, too, is just trying to, figure out a way to get everyone some work, but with pitching coach uh, Carlos Chavez, they've uh, they've been really good. Garrett Hawkins is uh, another guy in MLB.com's top 20 uh, list, as well as Ryan Berger. They're a few spots behind, so they're in that starting rotation with uh, Bodie Rascone, a left-hander, and they you know along the way, too, that we talk about the, the top prospects, but of course, sometimes the best stories uh, and backgrounds are guys who aren't necessarily on these lists. And so we've got a 26-year-old named Miguel Cienfuegos hmm. who grew up in Montreal. His parents are actually from Panama, and he was named to the roster for Panama's World Baseball Classic team hmm. uh, earlier this year, but he opted not to participate in the WBC because instead he wanted to make sure he was fully uh, dedicated to being at Padres spring training because this is his first season at the age of 26 being with an MLB organization. Mm. Spent the last couple of years uh, pitching in the independent frontier league uh, with a club, a couple of clubs uh, in uh, Quebec. But before that, you go back to, to 2020, he was actually not even playing professional baseball wow. and he was working a 12, 12 hour shift um, packaging at a greenhouse in uh, rural Ontario and wow. uh, he's kind of re- rededicated himself. He's got an awesome positive uh, attitude and you know, he's one of those guys that's going to be really easy for fans to pull for. He had three scoreless innings of relief in his season debut on the road. So um, he's another guy. He's kind of an intriguing, intriguing story uh, on this Tim Caps uh, staff. That is awesome. He's already my favorite player. You already know. You know me personally, yeah. so you know I love yeah, those kind under, of stories. Good, good classic, yeah. Good classic uh, underdog. I love it. I love it. We we might have uh, already heard the story for the next sports movie. Um, if if anybody want to want wants to pick it up, John Nolan will be the first one to hit up for any interviews or anything you need. That's awesome, man. That's 
that's that's a great story right there so obviously wasn't there wasn't there another guy at the wbc that was like an electrician or something and he struck out didn't he strike out otani or something well yeah because i think the czech republic's uh roster was, yeah. was full of guys who yeah weren't uh full-time baseball players so yeah i think that might have been the case i know there was a, a pitcher maybe from colombia who was not signed with the MLB organization, but against the Dominican Republic, he struck out like Manny Machado, Juan Soto, and someone else. And uh, after, literally, like right after that, he did uh, get signed by uh, an MLB club. So, yeah, there were some really cool stories uh, coming out of the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, that's awesome. And obviously, looking ahead to this season, I know I'll be seeing you guys a lot, whether it's at Parkview Field or seeing you guys in and out of other Midwest League stadiums. I'm sure here in South Bend, I'll be seeing you at Four Winds Field. But just from your perspective, John, I know you're getting geared up for another season. I, I introed the podcast by calling you the busiest man in America because, I mean, obviously you do you do broadcast work. I mean, you stay pretty busy year-round. You just got married. Shout out to you for that. Um, busy, busy guy. But this season, what's, what's some things that personally you're looking forward to the most? Yeah, well, here at Parkview Fields, we're lucky to get tremendous fan support. So it's uh, it's awesome when this ballpark is full and rocking. And uh, we've already had sort of an earlier taste of that than usual just from uh, opening day, like I mentioned, thanks to uh, some unseasonably warm weather here in April. But I'm excited about the, the talented future major leaguers that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. I think you, you hit on it with uh, our team president, Mike Nutter, some really – amazing promotions that we've got in store here this year mm-hmm. so as we still are kind of coming out of the the pandemic it seems mm-hmm. like things are are full go um pretty much back to back to normal i mean last year actually when you talk about some of the team struggles uh the tim caps in the middle of the season had the roster decimated not just by trades but by covid uh spreading throughout the clubhouse so fingers crossed that you know those days are, are in the past um everyone's looking healthy this year mm-hmm. and uh that should be a, should be a ton of fun. I'm looking forward to it. So catch me up on the broadcast team. Who do the Tin Caps got this year on the broadcast team? Yeah, you you touched on it earlier. Uh, one of the cool features this year is that it's easier than ever for fans to find our games. If you already have the MLB TV package, and you know, for instance, that's not just on the app, but also on smart TV. So like, I've got a Roku, and it's really cool. That was just a few pushes, a uh, few button pushes. You can have. Uh, minor league games now, you know, on your, your full screen TV. And then on top of that, understandably, not everyone's going to invest in that MLB uh, TV subscription, but you can watch all tin caps games for free through the Bally live app. So that's all home games and road games. And then, you know, of course, as has been the case, you can listen to every game for free Mm -hmm. on our federated media station, 1380, the fan and 100.9 FM. So, uh, I'll be doing home games uh, on the TV side there. Mm-hmm. We also have some games locally in the Fort Wayne area, all Thursday games and a few more on my network TV with uh, 21 Alive, which is uh, really great to, again, just expand that reach for fans. And so they're on our TV broadcast. I'm joined kind of by a, a rotation that includes uh, you know, your old uh, partner, Brett Rump <laughs> from Federated Media and 1380 The Fan, plus uh, Justin Leiby, who's actually an Angola native. So from uh, northern Indiana, who pitched in college at Manchester University and then was uh, a prospect for the Philadelphia Phillies uh, in their farm system Mm. for a bit. And Derek Decker is uh, a new member of our broadcast team this year. Another uh, northeast Indiana native, uh, just uh, recently graduated from IU. Um, So it's 
neat story for him. Like yourself, he grew up going to Fort Wayne Wizards games and Tim Cavs games at Park Street Field, but now has a chance to cover the team. Nice. And, uh, of course, also on our, our radio broadcast, Mike Maz. He's, uh, he's a longtime broadcaster here, and so he's got the, uh, the home games on radio while I pick up the, uh, the road games on the radio side. That is awesome. Another, another fantastic broadcast team you guys are putting out. Looking forward to the 2023 season, John. I'll see you at Parkview Field and amongst other stadiums in the Midwest League throughout the whole year. Appreciate you for coming on, John. Great stuff. Hey, DC. Best of luck here with the podcast. Uh, awesome coverage of the Midwest League. It's a, it's a great league, um, You know, not just here with our, our Indiana teams, but all around. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, can't wait to, uh, to catch you at a ballpark somewhere around the Midwest League this season. But uh, thanks again to you and appreciate everyone who's uh, tuned in. That wraps up this week's episode of the Midwest Swing Podcast. Next week, we look ahead. We go over to West Michigan, and we will talk with the West Michigan Whitecaps and preview their 2023 season. I'm D.C. Hendricks signing off. Until next time.